Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's Red Voices, and you can be rest assured that this week's episode will be a wonderfully splendiferously positive affair. You know, after all this great stuff that we've had in the last couple of weeks, you and Rich are on hand to delve through that defeat to Derby in the Carabao Cup, whatever happened at the Olympic Stadium in London against West Ham on Saturday, and this evening's draw against Valencia, and then whatever happens in the second half of this pod against Newcastle. I mean, Lord knows, we might actually get a goal in that one. That'd be nice. But there we go. Richard, how are you? Hello. I'm really good, thanks. How are you? I've never heard your voice go that high before. I love that inflection. Love that enthusiasm. Let me drain that out of you by talking about United for you for the next half hour. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, no one's making us do this, I guess, but still. We do it for the love. We do it for the love of it. The love of the game and the, the, the club, game, if not it, necessarily yeah, yeah. the manager at this stage. So, yeah, uh, I tell you what, I don't really want to say anything about Derby to begin with. You have one minute. Go. United scored a really nice goal. Team goal. A really nice team goal indeed, and, and Antti Martial did more than Alexis Sanchez has done in the last eight months in, in that one move, I think. And then we basically regressed to absolute tat um, and got pretty soundly outplayed by pretty middling championship team and were quite fortunate not to lose in 90 minutes and deservedly beaten on penalties. And if anything demonstrated just how broken everything is at United at the moment it was the fact that it didn't matter how many changes he made all the players that he brought in played exactly the same you know you, you could see that there's absolutely nobody in that team that's playing with any confidence it was slow it was sloppy it was we've said it so many times this season not just this season but particularly at the start of the season it's difficult to know what on earth they do in training the end we lost and well we deserve to lose yeah I'd agree with that I mean Again, galling to see a team of so-called inferior quality come to Old Trafford with confidence, with a game plan, with tactics, with an idea and with energy and just completely outwork us. How many times have we got to sit and watch United just be completely overrun by teams with a bit more zip and a bit more energy? You know, I mean, again, you don't necessarily have to match energy with energy, but there needs to be some level of commitment, understanding and ability to deal with that situation. And United look completely bereft of it any time we come up against this. It's just mad. And it, it, it's insane to keep going through this over and over and over because this is not new. Nothing that happened in that Derby game was new, but we just seemed so incapable of coping with those situations. I mean, at least we got back to parity just about after that ridiculous red card for Sergio Romero. I mean, again, you know, I mean, the defence wasn't great at that instance, but now that was not Sergio's finest moment. That was old Sergio right there. But I mean, at least it was good for Flane to get that goal. I wasn't necessarily too happy to have him on the pitch. And I think I remarked off when he equalised just out of sheer disbelief at that stage. And then the penalty shootout was actually quite good entertainment. I mean, it was horrible to watch. But, you know, just to make a quick comment about that, because we haven't necessarily had a chance to talk about Pogba's comments post-Wolves. Whatever Pogba said, and you can talk all you like about his decision to do that and come out against his manager and say what we're all thinking and what so many people agree with when it comes to watching United these days. What Mourinho said post-match about Bayern Jones was far worse came out and said, as soon as we got to buy in Jones in the shootout, I knew we were in trouble. And so many people have said, yes, we've been ripping Phil Jones to shit for years. Yes, this is true. But at least we're not the manager doing it in front of the media. I mean, just there's, there's just no defending comments like that whatsoever. And you got another comment from Wednesday moving on to the West Ham game. Sorry, Saturday moving on to the West Ham game. 
Just the way that he was saying, well, you know, everyone's been talking about playing Martial, so I played him. Yeah, he played him in a 3-5-2 with an inexperienced central midfielder as a centre-back, and it all went to pot within the first five minutes. I think the last two games of it sounds incredible, absolutely incredible to say, and, and people have been talking about players not trying, and I don't believe that. I just think that they're, they're broken and not being coached, not have no belief, but I don't even think Mourinho's trying anymore. The most depressing thing that he's done is the way he behaved on tour in the summer, which I thought was just absolutely disgusting, the way he talked about the players he had and the fans wouldn't, he shouldn't even bother to go and see the games and whatever else, and the season would be terrible. But the other is just generally the way that he's used Scott Matomane. He's just basically used a kid who I think essentially is not good enough as a player to warrant a place in the squad, let alone the team. But he's just used him as a pawn. He's used him as a pawn to punish Pogba. He's just used him as some sort of beacon of look at Scott. He tries really hard. Why don't the rest of them try really hard? And then at, at West Ham, just sticking him in a, a centre-back in a back three. He was just thrown into the walls. And it just it mm-hmm. just tells me he doesn't care anymore. He doesn't give a shit about his players. He doesn't give a shit about results. He doesn't give a shit about performances. You know, we went to West Ham and essentially set up not to lose. He's betrayed everything that United is about in the last few months. It's just impossible to defend him when it comes to things like this. I mean, West Ham are not that great that we needed to give them that much respect to play with that back three. Had there been an attacking plan and some sort of capable and fluid counter-attack, then maybe it would have worked. But it didn't. We invited them onto us. They got plenty of encouragement in that first half hour and they outworked us completely. And there was a lot of criticism for United's effort or lack thereof on Saturday. And I do think that there's some justification in that. They just look completely lost in what they were trying to do. Whether or not, well, how much that's got to do with the tactics and the formation, I've no idea. It's not the first time United have done it, but the application, it just seemed like there was uncertainty all across that pitch. You know, Popper got hooked. He didn't have a good game on that one. The only real positive you can say was that Rashford got on the on the board. Good for him to get that first goal of the season. He's needed that. But then again, when you come to games like tonight against Valencia, you know, United really could have done with a win tonight in the context of the Champions League because we've got Juventus coming up in the next two games. And I don't fancy us to get a result at this exact moment in time if we're going to play like this. We're going to get done over. It's not going to be pretty at home and in Turin. Even if we turn up, I'm not necessarily sure we'll be able to do much of anything regardless. But we just looked incapable. And, you know, you're talking about the lack of effort on Saturday. Tonight... United tried. They worked hard. There was definitely an increased level of commitment. You know, there was more desire to snap into challenges. There was more effort. There was a bit more zip about us. But that just amounted to nothing. You know, we didn't really create anything of great note. One great pass from Pogba over the top that Lukaku did well, a decent shot and save. Rashford hit the post with a, sorry, the crossbar with a free kick. But beyond that, it was just sad. It just was. The set-piece delivery from corners and free kicks was ridiculous. And the way that you could see a better team ripping us apart with the limited amount of protection that we had in midfield and Matic and Fellaini just getting completely bypassed constantly, it just reminded me, gosh, it was just it was like watching Sevilla all over again. Maybe Sevilla B or something on those lines. But it was just that game again, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, Valencia are a poor team at the moment. They're struggling in La Liga. They're only one... They won the first game at Sociedad at the weekend. That's the first win in La Liga. The difference in the first half was that Valencia's passing was positive with purpose and a lot of one-touch passing. And they specifically were highlighting 
area's weakness, particularly our right back area. But it was it was football with a plan, and despite the fact they've not been winning games, they they played. And if they finished better, they'd have won that game. United, every player on that pitch looks looks terrified. Extra touches rather than playing a difficult pass, they were just trying the easy pass, slow pass, or or just chucking 50-50 long balls forward. There is nothing, there is no life left in Mourinho's tenure at United and there's no life left in his team with the exception of, I think, Marcus Rashford was game tonight. He tried to make things happen. There's nothing, there's no patterns of play, there's no direction, there's nothing. It's just huff and puff away and then 20 minutes from time stick Fellaini up front and pump balls up to him. That not every United fan has turned just astonishes me and if, if this were any if we were if we were trying to make any rational assessment of these same performances these same results the same season were happening at Liverpool or at Spurs or at City or whoever the manager would be coated absolutely coated there's no redeeming quality to this team at all now they just look completely bereft mm-hmm. I don't think we deserve to win tonight again I think we huffed and puffed but I don't know about you but I never got the feeling I actually believed we were ever going to score at any point even though we created the two or three half chances in the second half no I mean to me if we would have gotten a result out of that game a positive result then I think we would have felt lucky to a degree papering over the cracks <laughs> yeah exactly I mean that's that's exactly it I mean even if we win on Saturday that is just papering over the cracks and you know Newcastle will likely come to Old Trafford feeling somewhat buoyed by our recent form and think yeah we'll have a go and I wouldn't yes. put it beyond Benitez to make sure that happens because they've got nothing to lose at the minute when it comes to playing United. Teams can come and press us. Teams can come and pass around us, put us under pressure, and they might just get their just rewards for it. We just don't look capable of making things happen with anything at our disposal at the minute. And we said this so many times. I just really hope that United fans don't end up thinking that this entire squad isn't good enough. Because yeah. we know it can be better. We know yeah. these players are better. Front to back, there are enough players there that can be performing better than they are in a better set under a better manager who's actually able to mould a team and some sort of plan, some sort of tactical solution to the players that he's got at his disposal that is going to get us goals, that is going to get us winning games again. Mourinho can't do it. It's just not capable under this current setup. It's not going to happen. And... You know, at this point now, we are just waiting for the end, aren't we? My thoughts now are just, what are the board thinking? What's Edward we're going to do? How long is it going to take him to act? Because it's it's just not going to get any better. We're going to be papering over the cracks if we get a couple of wins here and there, and then we're going to get a couple of bad results, and then we'll be right down the mire again. And the thing is, Edward Wood is so keen on marketing United as this elite-level club, and admittedly, our stature as a worldwide player in the game has not necessarily been under threat, even though we've been we've been going with on five years without challenging for the league title. And we look miles and miles away from getting anywhere near the latter stage of the Champions League at this stage. But we've got to be realistic. Elite level clubs don't stand for this for much longer. You know, I think United's fan base has certainly helped in some way in the sense that it hasn't completely turned on Mourinho sooner than it did. I don't want to compare ourselves to Real Madrid or PSG or anything like that too hard, but you would see other clubs act in this sort of circumstance, really, wouldn't you? Certainly City or Liverpool would not watch that shite. The shite that we've watched for the last, certainly the last 12 months, I'd have said, the increasingly desperate, industrial, awful football, 
they just wouldn't. United, a lot of people say, oh, should we just going to become like every other club, hiring and firing? But I think our last three managers, I think they've got longer than they would have done at any other club, even approaching the size of United are. And I think the crowd stayed with them for, for longer than any other fans would have done. Mm. The thing that makes me wonder if, and it might just be being slightly hopeful, but the thing that makes me wonder if we are very close to the end is the one thing that I think scares Edward Ward more than anything else is apathy. You've got a Champions League tie against the Spanish side, a very good Spanish side, and they were selling tickets on the gate and Old Trafford was dead. It was for most of the game, apart from brief interludes when United did something vaguely attractive or vaguely positive. The atmosphere was dead. There were empty seats. And then at the end, they booed. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether they all had different motives for booing, but whether it was the team, whether it was Mourinho, knowing how patient, you know, match-going United fans are particularly, for us to be booing shows a level of disillusion that I just don't think is sustainable. And I think I think Edward will start to feel embarrassed at what is being seen on the television around the world. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about what his thinking might be over the next couple of weeks and, well, particularly months, because we know Ed's not necessarily the quickest person to act. You know, what we've seen during his stewardship at the club has been, you know, let Moyes go on for as long as possible until he drowns and can't get into the Champions League any further. And he did the same with Van Hal. You know, he waited until that was impossible and we had an FA Cup final to work with. But I wouldn't be surprised if he would have gotten sat before then, to be honest. You know, the FA Cup final was a nice footnote to what was a very frustrating second season that could have ended a lot better, but was incapable of doing so in Van Hal's hands. Now, when it comes to Mourinho, you've got two options. You know, you let this grind its way out until we're lower down the Premier League table, until we're out of the Champions League, until we don't qualify for Europe. And then you have to deal with, number one, the massive payout because you've given Mourinho a contract extension and then you've got to sack him and that will obviously require a lot of compensation. And then you've got to worry about missing out on the Champions League money from his perspective. Or you get rid of him now and then potentially you might get back that Champions League money because you might actually make top four. Who knows? But... The problem is, is that we're now second guessing Ed Woodward. And I don't want to be in a position where we're doing that because I've got no idea what that man is thinking. No. It just seems like, the, you know, we've all said it. The club is just focused on different things in terms of the football at the minute. And the football club is a secondary thought. You know, the business side is so focused on making sure that we get the correct sponsors and keep the money rolling in. It doesn't give enough thought to what is happening on the pitch. And I don't back Woodward and the board to make the right appointment here. Not long-term at the minute, anyway. A short-term appointment, like maybe Nicky Butt. You know, I think Conte, Antonio Conte was rumoured to be in a position that he might be wanting it. And the rumours about Zidane haven't gone anywhere. Even though, again, I'm not necessarily sure he'd really love this project at this exact moment in time. But regardless of the options available at the minute, this is not sustainable. Not by any stretch of the imagination. The longer this goes on these players are going to get even more disillusioned than they already clearly are. The fans are going to get even more disillusioned than they already audibly are. The longer this goes on, the more poisonous it gets, the more bile is going to surround the club. It's just not sustainable. I'm repeating myself, but I can't think of any other way to describe it. Something has got to happen in the short to medium term that resolves this. And yet, we've said this before, This is not solely on Mourinho. Yes, the board have got to take some responsibility. Yes, the playing staff have got to take some responsibility too. But you can't fire the board and you sure as shit can't fire the entirety of the squad. 
And if there's one thing that you can do to try and turn things around, and that is getting rid of Mourinho, then you pay that price. He did some good things for us over his last few years, but those things have all stopped. There is nothing good about keeping hold of him now. No, there's not. And if I was looking at it now from, from the position of Edward Ward is, I would look at the last two games, the way we set up at West Ham, and the fact that tonight we were at home in a game we really needed to win, because I wouldn't, certainly under Mourinho, I wouldn't back us to go to Valencia and get anything, even if they're out of form, was the fact he made one substitution. One substitution in a game that he had to win. Oh, but it was an attacking substitution, Rich. Well, it was it was swapping Sanchez for Martial, but although he pushed Fellaini forward, you know, essentially kept Matic and Fellaini on the pitch till the end. We had Matter on the bench. I, I can't comprehend why we didn't bring Fred on. I mean, he's had a a modest start to his time at United, but the one thing he does, well, the two things he has, he has energy in midfield and he moves the ball quickly. And that's really what we were missing. And it just seemed to me, you, you've got a game you try, you, you need to win. You desperately need to win if you want to have any hope of really reviving your time at United or keeping us as sort of five, second favourites to go through in the Champions League group. He didn't, he made one sub, but I, don't, I just don't think he even cares anymore. I don't, I'm not even sure he's trying anymore. I think he knows he's lost a very large portion of the players. I think even the players who don't despise him as a human being have just simply lost all faith in, in what they're doing. I think it was interesting, actually, before the game on BT Sport, they interviewed Rio Ferdinand and Paul Scholes, and they'd had quite a, a flip of opinions since since the weekend. <laughs> they laid into him, didn't they, they? They absolutely flew into him, and they were Paul Scholes essentially said that you know some of the stuff he's saying and doing is absolutely poisonous and embarrassing. I cannot help but think Given the way that they've checked, they've turned heel on 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 Mourinho, that they're they're hearing things from inside the club, and I don't mm. think I don't think it's just players. I think it's probably staff as well. Well, Skull's pointedly saying, "I'm surprised he's still there." Again, yeah. I completely agree. I think yeah. he's he's heard stuff, and it wouldn't surprise me if things are being done behind the scenes at the minute in order to prepare for this eventual exit because it's not getting better, is it? It's not, but. The, the thing is, well, it's been frustrating me is that a lot of the fans have been getting very angry with players or talk of players who might want to leave. Everything's so black and white. You know, players either care or they don't care. If they want to leave, it means they don't care. If they don't do this or do that, it means they're down tools or they don't give a shit about United or whatever. You've got to forget, they've been under Mourinho for two, two years and two months. And if he's been behaving towards some of them, how we think he's been behaving, or how you know, the sorts of things he says in public, you know, if, if he's just constantly sniping at them, constantly being bitchy at them, I mean, that thing, the thing on camera with Paul Pogba the other day about the video during the derby game, I mean, that was just pathetic. If you're Mourinho and somebody's told you that this video of the three players may have been posted on Instagram after the derby game, they're all smiling and they shouldn't have been, you'd pull Paul Pogba aside on the outside in Carrington and just say, look, Paul, what, what happened? Did you post this afterwards? And he could have told him that he didn't. Oh, no, it was just Old Trafford's notoriously slow Wi-Fi. <laughs> well, yeah, he could have told him he didn't. But instead, what he did, he knew the cameras were there. Paul Pogba comes out, he's saying hello to everybody, and he, and he just says, go home, Paul. And makes, he's just an arsehole. The man is an arsehole. And if I was working in an environment where my boss was consistently an arsehole to me, or to people I know and like, then I ask myself, after two years, would I want to work in that environment anymore? And would it be a reflection on the company or would it be a reflection on my happiness in that working environment? If I was a player at United and my manager was constantly at me, constantly biting at me, constantly criticising me, constantly turning people against me, 
I'd want to leave. And it wouldn't be a reflection on how much I love United. It would just be a reflection on I need to do this for my career and for my mental health. The mm-hmm. guy is poison. It, it was interesting. Um, was it last week? Daniel Taylor, who by most uh, measures is probably the best national football journalist going, wrote a long piece about you know situation at United. And he wasn't particularly flattering about Paul Pogba, and that's cool. But his knowledge or the people he'd spoken to had basically said that Mourinho had essentially just treated the whole place like, like shit from day one. Nothing was ever right. No one was ever right. There was no right. And ultimately, that if you behave like that, then people will start to hate you and yet the mood will turn against you. And I think it was just interesting that, as well, Rio Ferdinand said after the Wolves game, that Paul Pogba isn't really that the sort of guy to come out himself and you know have a go at his manager. It's not something he's done before. And he said, I wonder if he was saying that for other players as well. And I think that's probably absolutely un- unquestionably right. Mm. And that the, the, thing, the thing that tells me that there's no way back is that all of the messages coming out of the club now from whichever source are saying basically that there's very few people left at United who have any respect for him. Well, you know, you've also we haven't had that dreaded vote of confidence yet, <laughs> which well, we essentially did, is the final nail on the. Have we have we had that already? We had oh, last week. Yeah, we had last week. They they Woody got onto his group email again or group WhatsApp and said that United have no plans to relieve Jose Mourinho of his job. Doesn't take long to release someone of their job. To well, be he was. He, I mean, he was lying about it till the last day before he sacked Van Gaal, wasn't he? So, you know, that's just mm-hmm. that's just standard United PR or Edward Ward PR, isn't it? Yeah. But going back to what we were saying, Skulls and Rio's reactions tonight told me that they've heard stuff that means that, that he's lost everybody. And it's interesting that he was talking in his pre-match press conference about players having, I think, dignity and something else. And, and I thought back to, um, well, apart from the fact when he poked Tito Villan over in the eye, but... Think back to the Eva Kinero affair. There was the fact that he did what he did in the first place, which was absolutely bang out of order. But rather than apologise for it, he doubled down on it to the degree that she was essentially hounded out of the football club for doing her job and being abused by the manager. Then not only that, but he still refused to apologise when the thing went to court or when the thing was going to court. So he made he put Chelsea through a court case even after he left the club for constructive dismissal before at the last minute the club saying sorry and paying her off. And Mourinho never once apologised for that. And if people think he loves United, they're absolutely off their tits because, frankly, if there's a club he he would have more affection for than any other, it's Chelsea. And he was willing to drag them through the mud for the sake of saying sorry to somebody. You know, he doesn't care. And I think... I just think think that message has got through to people now and I think that's, that's, that's the gist of where they were coming from. Mourinho can talk all he likes about players playing for the shirt, playing for the badge and saying that no one man is more important than Manchester United. But it's all just lip service, isn't it? It doesn't get anywhere. Mourinho's first priority is to himself. If he's not getting served, then he will find a way to make sure he is in some way. This is his pattern. We can all go back to various points two and a half years ago and say, yeah, this feels like the right appointment. And we all knew that this could end up like this. The way that it's unraveled, is not, I mean, part of me is surprised at how quickly it's come about, especially because, again, we've got a better team than Mourinho is letting on. But this, you know, to have gotten nowhere near challenging for the Champions League or Premier League in the time that he's been at the club, all right, he's only had one European campaign to do it. But the way in which we've fallen so far off the pace domestically and on the continent is just alarming. You know, we don't look, 
We've got better players, but we're not in a better position than we were than when Van Gaal left. Not by a long stretch. And the only thing to say now is that we're just in the end game, aren't we? We are just going to keep bobbling on to the next game until the board makes a decision. And who knows when that'll be? But it's clear they've got to make that decision at some point because it's just not going to get any better, I'm sad to say. Anyway, uh, questions for the night, which I'm sure are going to be a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Uh, Tariq Amir, what did you think of the Conte and Morata link? Would you take Conte over Mourinho currently? I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I take Bob the Builder over Mourinho currently, but... Hey! Can you fix it, Rich? Yes, I can. <laughs> Conte is a very good manager, and and I initially sort of said, no, God, please no, and someone made a very good argument for him today on, to me, and I, I was kind of swayed a bit. What, on Twitter? I know, I know, but a journalist. <laughs> but I just, I, I cannot face another pragmatist. I just can't. United have lost what they are. United have lost what they're for. I want us to be a club again that, that looks to play progressive football, but also we've got a brilliant group of young players coming through. We saw them, they won the their second group game in the UEFA Youth Champions League, 4-0 against Valencia today. Mason Greenwood is one of the most exceptional young players I've seen come through the, the youth ranks. Tanith Chong, Angel Gomez, Garner in midfield, Ethan Laird at right back. We've got an absolutely exceptional group of players that are going to be of use to the first team in the next two to three years, in my opinion, if they're given the chance. And I'm not sure that Conte would be the man to do that. And I just want us to get back to our back to our roots again. But, but on your other point, mm. the, the suggestion was that there'd also be Morata coming. Well, he's, he's leaving, I think, leaving Juve. Were he to be appointed as a director of football or a technical director, he's not the sort of guy who's going to come and just be, you know, in a ceremonial position. He'd come and want to have serious control of transfer direction and general club direction and if if Mm. he were to come in I think that would be a really really positive move for the club in creating that football buffer between Edward Ward and the manager another observation from Tariq was uh, he'd rest Lukaku trying too hard and nothing coming off yep completely agree and he also mentioned that uh, playing him through his slump clearly damages confidence. Yeah, I mean, Mourinho did that last season. It just about came off. You know, Lukaku had a very prolific season, even though he could have had five or ten more goals, you know, with a bit better service. And, you know, if he'd had a, another pair of shooting boots here lying around. But, yeah, Lukaku and Sanchez and a couple of other players around, and they just look shot, don't they? I mean, not completely ruined in that sort of terminology of the sense of shot, just in the sense that, Nothing that they're trying at the minute is coming off. And yeah. that's double for Sanchez. You know, he was frustrated at being left out of the match day squad. But, you know, with a better formation, I could have seen... Mar- I mean, that, going back to that game on Saturday, you know, I, I hate to bring this up, but still. Mourinho doubled down on Martial and said, all right, well, everyone's been saying play Martial, so I played him and look what happened. Martial still had a better game than Sanchez has had for months. Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Mighty Mike. A uh, bunch of strangers playing together. A Sunday league team full of accountants have more chemistry. Played with more effort, but just so bad at times. Sanchez played horrible. Lukaku's touch is so bad. Yeah, bless Rom. He didn't have a good night for his first touch. Uh, Luke Malia. Who should be the candidate for the next manager? Do United appoint a caretaker till the summer? Do we see it out till June? I mean, do we see it out till June? No. Do we need a caretaker till the summer? I mean, I've, I mean, to me, mate, I would suggest that Woodward probably won't go for that. He'll probably want to, to assure investors in the share price and everything. I would imagine he'd want to get a permanent replacement in pretty quickly. From a footballing yeah. perspective, bringing in someone like Nicky Butt or any of the backroom staff at this stage might be a good idea. You know, at least someone who knows the club and knows the structure 
and is able to take this bunch of players on and make them do something better. I think on a football perspective, that makes sense. On a business perspective, which is unfortunately how we've got to view this because Edward Wood exists and this is who he is, I don't see that happening. No, I think the third, the most important step is to remove the cancer. <laughs> One of the cancers. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> and I think that once Mourinho is actually actually out of the building, then it wouldn't hurt to give a core, maybe a quorum of of Carrick, Button, Kieran McKenna, or whatever, two or three games, or however long, just while we sort sort ourselves out. There are candidates that are available. You know, there are the e- easier candidates to get, which might be a Conti or potentially a Zidane if Zidane would actually want the challenge and or or there is the kind of the hardest route that could possibly be taken which is to try and get someone like Pochettino out of Spurs in the summer <laughs> as, as far as I'm concerned good the, luck yeah I mean as far as I'm concerned the most important thing United can do right now to salvage something even if it's just a dignity from this season is to get Mourinho out and use the minds that we've already got at the club to just freshen up things up you know certainly those three guys are going to be less pragmatic than Mourinho they're going to let the players express themselves a bit and that in itself Mm. might improve performances and results even if it's not necessarily a long-term thing there are no certainties and people keep saying well you know if we sack Mourinho then we'll just keep going around in the same cycle and the next man will fail as well that's bullshit Mourinho has had the second most uh, amount of money to spend over the last three summers of any manager in the world. United are carrying the biggest wage bill of any club in the Premier League. The next manager will be well-backed. He might not get all the players he wants and there might be some dysfunction to it all, but he will be well-backed. And we've seen at Chelsea, Chelsea are the most dysfunctional club going and they didn't have a manager three weeks before the season started, let alone signed any players. They brought Sarri in and just that change of manager and that change of approach and new ideas. And they are about as stable a team as there is in the Premier League at the moment. You know, it's, it's positively serene. And, and the idea that, that that we can't do anything with this club and this group of players is just bullshit. A new manager with new ideas who gets the best out of those players can produce a much better football team. A much, much better football team than we've got now. Because the one thing Mourinho's done, he has bought better players than we had before. Mm. They are. They absolutely are. People just need to stop and think, how good was this player before Mourinho got his hands on him? And and in most cases, or in a number, number of the cases, the, the answer is a shitload better. The work that needs to be done isn't as great as people are imagining. And if, if, if further down the line, director football would come in as well, then those two things by themselves could be night and day for United. Alec Hudson asks, what's it going to take to end this madness before it's too late? Uh, well, I think we all know the answer to that one. Uh at Johnny White 93 am I the only one who really, really hates Chris Smalling's hair? Now, to be fair, I'm kind of enjoying Chris Smalling at the minute. I am liking him at the minute. He's one of few consistencies in that United side. He's actually playing all right. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, last of the night from Cryingo, uh, do you still like football? I, I, I think it may be a sign that I'm getting old, but um, I've actually, and one of the saddest things, I've actually started taking football pleasure from watching other teams play really well. Even even like, you know, when football, when watching United used to be fun and the games were a bit of a roller coaster and players would score goals that would actually make you make involuntary noises that you'd never hear in any other, or never make in any other context in life apart from seeing a player do something absolutely extraordinary for United. Well, now I only make that sound watching other football teams. Like, I made that sound when I saw Daniel Sturridge score. I mean, for Liverpool, 
score at, score that ridiculous goal at Chelsea at the weekend, I'm watching other teams to actually see good football. And that <laughs> is pretty f***ing sad. But admittedly, I wouldn't have done that when I was 25. So perhaps I'm just getting old. Well, I mean, that's almost certainly true. But well, that's a discussion for another night. Yep. Actually, there's one more question from Will Waite. What would you prefer, Phil Jones taking corners or Phil Jones taking penalties? If Rashford's corners are anything to go by again tonight, I'd take Phil Jones and free kicks as well. Yeah, that'd be fine. I'd be all right with that. Dear, I'm just reading social media posts now. Eric Bailly on uh, Instagram. Victory was close tonight, but this is the way forward. Oh, mate. Dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. All right, well, let's wrap this up. Rich will be back on Saturday to talk about Newcastle. Hurrah! (laughs) (laughs) I've got nothing to add. Back in a bit. Well, I guess that's a slightly more interesting end to the podcast this week after what the hell happened on Saturday then, Rich? Yeah, uh, we won, apparently. You did, did. We saw it. Looking like we couldn't possibly win, which in the most United-esque way possible and in a way that we haven't seen for very much for quite a long time. So mixed emotions after that, I'd say. 3-2 FC. That's just that's just it now, isn't it? It is. We're not capable of letting in less than two goals a, two goals a game, it would seem. So we're going to have to be 3-2 FC. First time we've scored three goals since we beat City, I think in the league anyway, which is insane when you think about it. This is more insane. First time we've scored three goals at home in the league since January. Oh dear, oh dear. Which is even more painful. (laughs) Oh dear. I mean, well, look, I've I've said look there, so I'm trying to be assertive. Let's see how that pans out. But essentially... What an insane game of football. Now, we do need to add caveats to this because it's almost like when you come out and say, I don't think Mourinho is doing a very good job. You're also saying, oh, well, I think the Glazers and Ed Woodward are fine. That's not the case. Look, with the game yesterday, what we have to take into the equation is that Newcastle were winless so far in the league this season. They have been wretched. Bless them, I know there's a lot going on at that club, and Mike Ashley has really not done a very good job there, and Benitez is doing the best he can. Side note, I actually like Benitez a bit more now he's managing Newcastle, I've got to admit. You've got to take that into the equation. We started abysmally, and Newcastle could easily have had three goals by the time we kicked into gear and actually started playing properly good, entertaining, incisive and attacking football. Having said that, because we'll get onto the good stuff a little bit more before we get onto the bad stuff... That was a really encouraging second-half performance, wasn't it? I say encouraging, at least in the context of that game, it was good to see. It was, in that it's not something we've done, well, really, since the City game. It's too often when we've gone behind and kind of fallen apart in games, we've not responded. Um, I think it was the... Is it the third time this season we've let in two goals, two, a second goal within three minutes of the, of the first one? Something like that, ridiculous, in the first, whatever, nine or... 10 games we played this season but it was really good to see a response and it kind of solidified something that in my mind in that I think that the way we play and the way we have played you know deep down we know although it's been a long time we know that we've got some really talented attacking players we also know that our defense isn't as talented as the attack so it's been slightly confusing to me that we choose to play in a style which essentially puts a great deal of pressure on the back four every every match because the back four isn't very good. And so the consequence has been earning lots of goals. But what we really demonstrated yesterday is that if you get enough players forward, if you get the, the right players in the right areas, we've got plenty of talent in the attacking sense to, to really do some damage to teams. And I know it was only Newcastle and I know they were tiring, but we've not seen that kind of united swarm in a very long time. 
And it really was a proper old school United siege. It was glorious, wasn't it, that second half? It was, and we we scored some really high quality goals. I mean, obviously the free kick was an absolute beauty. And Martial's goal kind of defined how we could be and how we aren't. In that if you look at Martial as he approaches the box on the left-hand side, he's got four United players in the box. He's got Pogba, who's running into the box from the top. He's got a left-back who's outside him. He's got four or five options on the ball. And ultimately chooses Pogba, who you know delightfully flicks it back to him. And then there's nobody coming down to block the shot because there are enough United players in the box that they're keeping the defenders occupied. You know, and it's a really good finish as well. So often when we're playing, and it was the case for certainly for the first half, but after that and for so many games, you see our attacking players approaching the box and there's just a line of defenders and there's one or two United players hanging around in line with all the defenders and supermarked and absolutely nobody in the hole at the edge of the box. There's no options. And, you know, Mourinho had to make so many changes in that game because the way he got it at the start was so badly wrong. And then the way he changed it after that was so badly wrong. But once he ultimately got to the realisation that he just needed to get more attacking players on and we needed to try and flood attacking areas, then it was a completely different game. And you, you suddenly saw that, that really sharp triangular passing, one-touch passing, two-touch passing in really tight areas and, and really cutting Newcastle apart. And we're really capable of doing that. And that last 20 minutes or last 25 minutes told me that we are well capable of getting much more out of these attacking players and so it was a positive that we saw we can but it's something we need to see again absolutely yeah I mean I think as much as I want to delve into how great that last sort of half hour 35 45 however minutes it was was great we do have to go back to that first half and that situation that saw us 2-0 down within 10 minutes the first goal I mean I guess you the way that Young was turned by Kennedy there He had him on toast, didn't he? I mean, a great finish, don't get me wrong, but it was too easy against a team that's got such low confidence at the minute, or, you know, purportedly such low confidence. Such an easy goal to give away. But that second, the amount of time that Muto had in the box, four touches in the penalty area, so close to De Gea. Again, great finish. De Gea, you know, it it was inches away from De Gea, but he just had no time to set or save it. It was shambolic. You know, the way that we set about that opening sort of 15, 20 minutes... It was poor. It was so bad. Really, at that point, against a better team, that could potentially be in the end of it. And let's not forget as well that we're also thinking about the fact that, you know, John Joe Shelby had a great strike from outside the area that De Gea did well to save. And let's be honest, Newcastle probably should have had a penalty. Asher Young's arm was not next to his body and it definitely hit him from that free kick. And they didn't even get a corner from it. Lol. But no, let's be quite frank, a poor, poor first half. And it was somewhat harsh on Bailly to get hooked like that. But again, you know, putting McTominay in midfield for that game and then putting him in at centre-back. Again, I don't know why Mourinho is doing it. I mean, I'm, I mean, I understand why it's, what his reasons are to a certain extent. You know, he's essentially using McTominay as a message to the board and the players and saying, well, I'm having to play this kid who's not doing that well. But he's really trying his best out there. But McTominay is not a centre-back. He can't keep playing in that position in these high-intensity games. It's not helpful for his development. It's not helpful for him as a player. And I'm not sure it's really helping the team that much, bless him. But, I mean, that's, I guess the one good thing that came out of that early exchange, despite by getting substituted, was that Matter came on. And, you know, Matter's not really been seen properly in the team in a meaningful game since, gosh, what was it? Was it the Brighton or Spurs game? You know, he, he's 
really struggled to get any minutes on the pitch ever since those early few games of the season, which has been understandable to an extent. You know, you think Mourinho wants to go for a bit more pace, but if we actually use that pace, it would make more sense. Yet it does not. But still, you know, that first half, we didn't fully react to the fact that Newcastle were clearly up for it. You know, you tweeted something earlier on today, which was in the build-up to, I think it was the second goal, Pogba, Matish, McTominay, basically around the ball, making it so, so easy for Newcastle to pass through us. There was no midfield discipline. The defence was all over the shop, and we were lucky to escape from that first half just two goals down. Then again, the flip side of that is that Rashford missed a really, really good header from another great Lukaku cross, and if that had gone in, it would have been a completely different circumstances at half-time. But still, 2-0 did not flatter Newcastle. We were absolute dross in that first half. And the thing is, with everything that had built up, with the report on, in the mirror on Friday night saying that Mourinho was going to be sat regardless, that first half had an air of inevitability about it, didn't it? It did, and then I think it was exacerbated by the team selection and the way the, the team sets up. I mean, we've had a problem. I mean, I don't even know where to start with the problems. We've had a problem with the midfield and defence being too far apart. We play at the moment as if we were a Sunday league team that's just, the managers just said, go out there, play four-three-three and have fun. Or, you know, just do your best. The way the midfield is working, functioning, the way I think we have a real problem with Matic in that he again got pulled out of position, he's not good enough keeping the ball, he doesn't seem to be doing the, the sitting job that he should be doing. And if you compound that with playing a second defensive midfielder in a game that didn't need one, making that defensive midfielder Scott McTominay when, bless the poor lad, he's not good enough. I don't think he's even a premiership player at this point, at this stage now. I don't think he's a Premier League player. And then to make that change and put him in at centre-back, you know, I've got I've got a real beam on it about this because I think it's actually pretty cruel the way that he's using McTominay. Basically destroying that kid to make a point about... and risking results to make a point about other things. And I think that's, I, I think that's a really pretty grim way to go about things. And then there's the, the selection of Ashley Young at right-back, you know, even though Dalu's new... Young's played, I think, three games at full right back the season. He's been absolutely destroyed in every single performance. And ultimately, could mm-hmm. could Dallow have could Dallow have been any worse than that? There are so many things that it it looks like at the start, particularly at the start of games, it looks like United have been set up by an amateur coach every game. If you look at the games we've played recently, we've been completely outplayed by Derby at home. We've been completely destroyed by West Ham side, who then went and lost at Brighton yesterday. And we got completely destroyed by by Newcastle for at least 45 minutes. And Newcastle are atrocious. We are playing as badly in the majority of the time as any other team in the Premier League is. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about wider issues, but it staggers me that people are still on the side of the manager, even given what happened in the last 20 minutes. Well, I think there's a couple of things to take out of that second half as well. I don't think that is now just everything fixed. I don't think anyone's... No. I don't think the notion is fanciful enough to suggest that everyone's now suddenly behind the manager fully and everything's going to be rosy from this moment on. United fans have been round the block enough times over the last five years since Ferguson retired to know that you know, you might see a, a game like this, but we've seen so many false thorns over the years in terms of we look at United performance when the backs are against the wall and think this has elements in a template that we can use to attack teams and to play better football that better utilises our key strengths. And let's not beat around the bush. Our key strength at the minute is our attack. We are very, very well stocked there. We've got some really great creative players that can make chances and score goals, but we still haven't gotten the best out of them. Having said that, I don't know what 
was mentioned to the team at halftime clearly was something similar to City where they looked at each other and said, this can't go on. You know, we need to do something. We need to respond. And Mourinho's plan was essentially, what was it? McTominay for Fellaini. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't too much of a shock. And then Pogba got pushed so deep. I mean, I some jokes about him getting pushed back into defence, you know, to being a centre-back for a good chunk of that second half. Yeah, he wasn't playing centre-back for much of that game, let's be quite frank. It did work quite well in the deep-lying role, and I wonder if Mourinho will use that more often. But then again, you think back to the build-up for that Martial goal. Pogba was clearly given some licence to do whatever the hell he wanted. And that was a key component of why we looked so good in the closing stages of that game. Pogba was running that game towards the end of it. He was superb. Yeah, he was. He was absolutely everywhere in that second half. I mean, you're right. He wasn't really playing as a as a centre back. I guess he was kind of ostensibly a sort of libero guy who's picking the ball up deep and, and coming out with it. And he was absolutely everywhere. And you know, there's still this narrative around Pogba, what he offers and what he doesn't. But I'm seeing certainly more this season. I think he, he's had two or three very bad games, but he's also had three or four games where he's been very, very good. And it doesn't always get noticed. And I think if you looked, it's quite kind of ironic, I guess, in in a sense that the guys who pulled Mourinho out of the mire or United out of the mire, yes, were Pogba and to a degree anti Martial as well, who who essentially are the two guys he's fallen out with most. I mean, there's been this narrative around whether the players care and whether the players are trying or not. It's a bit annoying because I, I mean, Danny Higginbottom said on Twitter today that he doesn't believe he's never met a player who goes out and doesn't try. He said it's just it's just a case of how broken a player's confidence and belief is. He said you'd be astonished the difference in how a player plays if they have absolutely no belief in what they're doing and if they have a lot of confidence. And a lot of people disagreed with that, but but you can't tell me in that last 20 25 minutes those any of them didn't care. And if you look at the um if you look if you were to look at each of the individual players and think what would they have to benefit from not caring really? It doesn't. It doesn't make a huge amount of sense because so many of those players there have got something to prove, and it's it's in their interests to play a lot better than they are. So it doesn't make any sense to me they're not trying. From Pogba's response in that sort of thirty thirty five minutes, I think there was a someone posted a very good graph on on Twitter yesterday, which which demonstrated Pogba's average running distances over the last four or five seasons to date in this season he's run further than he ever has in his career before per match and mm. you can see in that context how he has you know in the Wolves game he put in enormous enormous yards he was everywhere for the young boys game as well you could see the amount of graft he's putting in they're all putting in and we'll get away from this narrative that they're not they're not trying and it was it, it was really good to see that they demonstrated that to everybody and Pogba demonstrated that to everybody by absolutely taking a grip of that game and running that game. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was needed. God knows it was we needed it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, we talk about the performance in terms of you know the team clearly wanting it. There were still a couple of tough performances in there. Rashford Blessing just really, really struggled in that match. And Matic, again, I don't. Do, does he deserve a blessing after that? He was atrocious. He's not a oh good start man, season, he? he just got absolutely overrun. He just looked like he was playing on dial-up and everyone else was on broadband it was ridiculous especially the hit over from Pogba's long-range shot great save but such such a poor finish I guess that's just leaning back at that point because he wasn't expecting the shot to come back but you expect more quality in that situation considering that we had what three or four players on side by that point that could actually have actually hit that in but there we go and then after we got back to parity he actually headed back 
towards his own goal. Oh man, he had an absolute nightmare. But you know, let, let's look at the positives of that. Mata came on and thought I had a really, really good game, and that free kick was absolutely delicious. I would like that on a plate Beautiful, every yeah. single week, please. Give him free kick duty for the rest of his career. I don't care. Might yeah. as well do it. What have we got to lose? And yeah, the build-up for the equaliser, which came what seven minutes later, was it? Gosh, I mean, especially considering that against West Ham the previous weekend, we got that Rashford goal back and then immediately conceded. It was really important that United stayed on the front foot, and we did. You know, and the great thing about especially the left hand side that was incredibly satisfying yesterday in the sense that Shaw and Martial and Pogba linked up so well on that left flank. That was where the majority of the danger came from, and then. Was the game wore on, you saw Lukaku getting pushed out a little bit more wider. Sanchez came on, he and Young were linking up quite well, and we started getting a lot more dangerous deliveries in. You know, I guess it's quite useful when you've actually got someone who's right-footed playing on the right wing and actually deliver a good cross. You know, it's a rather novel concept, I would say. But yeah, that Martial goal was absolutely wonderful in terms of the build-up, in terms of the passing. So incisive, and Newcastle couldn't lay a finger on us in that build-up. Again, another filthy touch by Pogba to set Martial up. And... uh, some point you're just thinking just hit it first time but he's a smarter man than I am is Toto great touch absolutely buried it and to all and at that at that point in the game we fully deserved it but I think the only thing was then how do we react to going back to parity and the answer is almost conceding yeah <laughs> oh gosh it was the army you know he got a header that was it went into Fellaini and then Lukaku thank goodness was on the post to make sure it didn't go in you know that Imagine the blow it would have been to get to 2-2 in that game and then to have gone down 3-2. I guess it would have been... The the drama would have been off the charts, but, oh, good grief. I mean, I was just getting invested by that point as well. Yeah, but I guess I guess by that point, we'd absolutely committed to the, you know, flying forward, hadn't we? And ultimately, a draw was no use to anybody. I mean, I'm sure they had in the back of their minds that we've got Chelsea away in two weeks, Juventus twice, I think we've got Everton home, Bournemouth away, City away after that. So we've got an absolutely disgusting set of fixtures to come. And we've made an absolute mess of a very soft start to the season. And I think if we'd not won that game and then we'd had to go away for two weeks on international duty and come back knowing we were going to face a Chelsea team who looked really, really ominous, it would have been a very, very difficult psychological blow. And that surely must have been, to a degree, in the minds of the players, thinking we have to win this game because if we don't, you know, we're in real, real trouble. And I think, you know, we are already kind of a part way into Mourinho's third season death spiral. But um, if if we hadn't won that game, I mean, we, we can talk about whether, whether we think he would have lost his job or whether he still lo- will lose his job anyway. But it would seem very difficult for United to end up in any situation bar really pushing down towards the relegation places as Chelsea were, just just because of the it's blow after blow and declining performance after declining performance. So from the players' perspective, winning that game was absolutely essential. And ultimately, we had to risk conceding to achieve the win. Which we got through Sanchez. We are talking about earlier, Sanchez made such a difference when he came on in the last 20-25 minutes. We're sort of playing in, the, playing in the number 10 area but floating about a bit. We suddenly had that link mm. man between the midfield and the, and the attack that wasn't there before. He also has the ability to drift into the area and, and score goals. And ultimately it was, just, it was just force of pressure and force of getting players in the box you know ultimately we got across and we were, we were throwing crosses into the box where we were almost outnumbering Newcastle defenders at times in there and if if you do that enough except for David Moyes' Fulham game if <laughs> you do that enough ultimately you're you're gonna get a bounce or you're gonna get a cross it just just comes right to you 
Yeah. Sanchez kept his eye on the ball and just assumed that Martial wasn't going to get it. And it was, you know, relatively simple little header into the corner and, and we all exploded in, in joy at having beaten Newcastle at home. But it was a, it was a proper old school United, it was a proper old school United moment and we've not had, we've had, we've had hardly any of those in the last two or three years. Can't look a gift horse in the mouth, can we? No, absolutely not. And there are a couple of different things that was great about that goal. You know, the fact that it was Sanchez who's been much maligned and not undeservingly so because he has served up some dross performances since he joined from Arsenal. But God loves a try, maybe. And it's not like he hasn't been working hard to try and turn the situation around. And you're right, him actually playing more centrally yesterday really helped a lot. And he got a great moment. Let's not take that away from him. It was great to see him get on the end of that cross. And not only that, just actually see us pepper Newcastle's box with dangerous crosses. We did that a lot more yesterday. That was very, very enjoyable. I'm, I'm going to hasten to say encouraging, just purely because how much is this really going to change realistically? In the context of our season, yeah, a win, considering that we've been winless in four and we hadn't won at home since the opening game of the season, is great. In the context of actually, during that game, to actually come out of that, having been so, so poor in the first half and come out of it with a win, based off attacking football, some freedom, and clearly someone telling the players, or at least the players telling themselves, yeah, we've got to turn this around, and then actually being able to do it was wonderful to see. Now, looking at that in context, when we last had this, we beat City 3-2 through in a great second half performance, grind out a really encouraging win against, at the moment, you'd have to say the top c- club in the country. The following week, we got beat by West Brom. Now, obviously, we've got the international break to contend with here. But the thing is, what have patterns taught us about this situation when we actually get a really good attacking performance and we start scoring goals and we start looking dangerous again? More often than not, it shuts down and we look lethargic and we struggle again. The challenge now, if Mourinho wants to keep his job, and I'd imagine he does, is that he's got to rely on United's attack more. I'm not necessarily sure that I've got much faith, if any, in terms of him actually doing that, because that is just not his way. He is a pragmatist first and foremost. And that's always been the case. We knew what we were getting with that. But Mourinho saw on Saturday night that that is really the only way it's going to succeed for him at United, because he cannot get this team to try and grind out results in the same way that his previously great Chelsea sides did. Especially in that first iteration when he first came to the Premier League, they were absolute masters of just grinding teams down and they were so lethal in front of goal. United are not going to... This United side, this squad, are never, ever going to be that team. It's just not going to happen. So if Mourinho wants to keep his job, he's been given a blueprint or some ideas of what to do going forward that mean that he could actually have a far more successful period as United boss as opposed to sticking to this stodgy, slow, plodding, and really restrictive style. It's not served him that well in the two-plus seasons. And the only time we've actually enjoyed watching United and seen positive results are when we've gone for it. Yeah, I mean, somebody made a good point that um, the matter looked incredibly effective because, you know, he essentially came on his central position. And we know that he doesn't really work to a high level on the right-hand side. But if you're looking at games like that one yesterday, it made absolutely no sense to play with two holding midfielders. And he doesn't seem to fancy Fred at the moment for... Or Fredgy um, at the moment for reasons that we don't really understand. But in that case, it would make sense to me, certainly in home games where we expect to be the better side or the more dominant side or to have, have more possession, 
why not play matter in that position? Well, why not a lot of things? Why not play why Fred? Not a lot, why not, why a lot not of put Lindelof I mean, in defence? Well, yeah, we go around in circles here because we're talking about these things and we know absolutely they're not going to happen. Yeah. We're going to go to Chelsea in two weeks' time. Mourinho's going to shut up shop, pick some stupid team selections. United are going to get completely outplayed, probably embarrassed, and we'll be back where we were before. Hey! It's nice as all sitting here and saying, well, you know, this needs to happen and this needs to happen and this needs to happen, but it just seems to me like he's lost the plot in terms of team selections and, and the like. Well, look, I mean, the thing is, yesterday's result could be seen more to me as a stay of execution than proof that we've turned a corner. I would yeah. love for it to be the latter, but until we can do this more consistently, it's going to be the former every single time. We haven't seen enough from Mourinho to suggest otherwise. And, you know, again, you're thinking about how all this drama was whipped up prior to the game on Saturday night. You know, on Friday evening, you were seeing reports from uh, David McDonnell saying in the mirror that he was going to be sacked regardless of what happens this weekend. Now, no one else ran with that. I understand it was an exclusive, but you had the likes of Ducker and Simon Stone both coming out and saying that United have strenuously denied these reports. So what does that make you think about where those reports came from? And what the use of that, those reports would be. Because let's be quite frank, there was a lot of support for Jose Mourinho and a lot of disgruntlement aimed at Woodward and the board as a result of those reports. Look, I don't need to spell this out. It makes me bothered in a way because Mourinho knows that his greatest asset at the minute off the pitch are the fans. And I think at the minute there's definitely a case to say that he is counting on their support to help them drag him through this rough spot. Prolonged rough spot, anyway. So, I mean, how long that can go on for, I don't know. Obviously, yesterday's performance was great in the second half, and it was lovely for us to come back. But I don't think that is a viable long-term strategy. It'd be good if we could just win games by playing attacking football, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. You know, In a way, that last sort of 20, 25 minutes was a reminder of what we could and should be watching on a more regular basis. Mm. There's no need for it to be this hard, for it to be this rare and this difficult and whatever else. It shouldn't be so much of a shock, should it? It shouldn't be so much of a surprise and a shock. And, you know, we shouldn't be in a situation where, people, where a lot of people are are coming to the conclusion that these players who've been very successful at other clubs or under other managers are suddenly really, really bad players because it's been such a long time since we've seen what they can do. You know, I did a, another podcast last night when we were talking about it. And the, <gasps> the two of I know, I'm sorry, as a guest, as a guest, but the two of us were talking about how, you know, our first choice for the outcome of this scenario is that Mourinho has a revelation and makes the changes that we can all see need to be made in certainly in tactical and selection terms that's probably not going to happen but you know second choice has to be that we essentially want to return to the things that united are known for and the things that we love about the club which is we love the entertainment we love the way they play the brave way they've they played under fergie and, and the fact that we give a chance to young players and that we develop young players and just that it was a it's been a club Certainly in my, my lifetime, and I, I can't remember Dave Sexton, but that, that it's always been an enjoyable experience to watch, or for the majority of the time. And we, we, we just really want to return to that. And expectations are pretty low now. You know, we don't expect to be challenging City. We're not going to expect to be challenging City next season either. But we're looking over... I mean, you can look at Arsenal today. Arsenal now, they were a bit of absolute sh- shambles last season. Very small transfer budget this, this summer brought in Emery and there was a lot of umming and ahhing about that. They've won nine games in a row and they're really playing really nice football. 
So it's very difficult from our perspective to sit and watch a team like Arsenal be turned around so quickly, a team like Chelsea essentially turn into a high-class, intense passing team in in the space of about three weeks that Sarri got before the season started. Just it's been difficult watching City at, at Liverpool as well. You know, we're, we're getting a, a look over the fence and seeing that over the fence are a lot of the things that we used to take for granted, which now we don't because yesterday was a surprise to us. So how, how do we go forward from here as a, as, as a club? And, and I want to say Mourinho will have a, an epiphany. Let's let's cross our fingers and hope that Mourinho has an epiphany in the next month or something, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that'd be well-timed because we've got Chelsea and Juventus home and away and yeah. then City. You know, this is just it now. Club football for months and months and months. You know, this is now the testing point. It was good to go into this next international break on the back of a win and hopefully everyone will return from their international duty feeling refreshed and yeah. ready and charged to try and take on a team that looks like they're going to challenge for the title this season. Obviously, yeah. it's early days, but Chelsea are looking really good. You know, they strolled past Southampton today. You know, obviously, that's not the easiest thing to do, but it's something we've struggled to do consistently in several years. So there's that. But regardless, it's going to be a tough game. You know, they need to pit themselves back up and think about what they managed today and say, yeah, when we turn it on, we can really cause anyone some problems or at least the vast majority of teams on the continent. They've just got to do that more. Simple as that. If they don't, then Mourinho's done as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to leave the discussion. So let's finish off with Twitter questions for this evening. Uh, at joiner 12 asks, has a defender ever been substituted for tactical reasons as early as by? Generally can't remember a time. I would be surprised if Mourinho hasn't done it before. I can definitely remember Mourinho making early substitutions and it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he's hauled a full-back or a centre-back off within about 10 minutes of the start because they're having a mare. Uh, Todd Gonzalez, uh, what are the chances of this United team playing with that sort of impetus without having to go 2-0 down first? Uh, absolute sweet f- all. <laughs> <laughs> I think, to be honest. I mean, Richard, my darling, I mean, I appreciate your honesty, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, I hate it, but you're right. You are spot on. I mean, you know, it just don't play with that sort of verve unless they absolutely have to. And it's become a rare occurrence over the last several years. We don't play like that consistently. We don't, even when, you know, you think back to the Wolves game a couple of weeks ago, it was just one all, and we had tons of possession, but you know there was no way we were really going to get through. It didn't look possible that we could get a goal. So to play with that sort of freedom, I mean, I just feel like we should enjoy it, quite frankly. like We've got two weeks to switch off from this rubbish for a little while, so let's just enjoy it for what it was. It was a good win, and I don't think anything's changed too much. Fingers crossed it has, but you know we'll... Uh, well, it, I guess that's as positive a note to leave it on as we possibly can at this stage. It was fun, wasn't it? It was It was really good fun in the end. It was good fun. Yeah, and this was a good fun podcast. You know, just that yeah. sort of ridiculousness of having to, I say having to, recording 35 minutes plus of doom and gloom and expecting Jose to be out by the time we got round to the next international break. And then that <laughs> happened. So there we go. What's it's nice that United can still keep us on our toes every now and then. Yep. Anyway, Rich, thanks so much for your company. Always appreciated. Never a chore. Guys, thank you very much for listening, as always. Don't forget, you can get us all over the internet. You can get Rich on Twitter at Rich Red Voices. You can get me at at you and Lennart, and you can get the pod at Red Voices MUFC. You can also get the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, SoundCloud, and recently Stitcher. So make sure you pick us up on any of those apps. It's always appreciated. If you know a friend who might like us, then by all means, share away. We hugely appreciate that. Any reviews you want to live on any sites also hugely help to make sure we can get out to as many people as possible, which is always wonderful. Anyway, you guys have yourself a good fortnight. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Cheerio. Cheerio.